This is Mr. Gleasing here with Podcast 1-4 on a quick overview of vectors and some centripetal motion. First of all, let's talk about vectors. The difference between a scalar and a vector quantity is that scalars just give you a magnitude. Magnitude is just a fancy word for a number. So an example could be 15 meters per second or 6 feet or 150 pounds. These numbers give you a number and a unit but they do not tell you a direction. Vectors include direction. So that would be 15 meters per second up or perhaps left or north or 6 inches uh, east or maybe uh, another example could be uh, such as current flowing to the south. Okay, so anytime we're talking about a vector quantity we include a magnitude and a direction. So let's talk about vector addition real quick. Uh, we want vectors to be hopefully in the same plane which means they're going in the same direction or opposite direction means I could have one going to the right and another one go to the right or maybe one go to the right and the other one go to the left. Okay, we'll just add those together. You'll see some examples. Uh, we want them at right angles. Then we can use the Pythagorean theorem which you see right here and you should be familiar with that. And if we have any kind of other angle other than the 90 degree right angle, we've got to use components. So if we have the right angle there, it's very easy to do, but if we had say a 30 degree angle, we have to use components. How do we use components? It's actually very easy, something you may or may not have learned, but all you have to do is plug this into your calculator properly. What I'm going to do is I'll clear the screen and let's look at an example. So let's say I am coming off at this angle here and we'll give this a 50 degree angle and what I'm going to do is I'm going to find the components. Components is a fancy term for horizontal and vertical sides. So here's what I'm going to do. I see that based on my angle here that this side which is the side on the top in this triangle is going to be is going to be adjacent. Adjacent, it is touching the angle. And since it is adjacent, that is the cosine side. The vertical side in this angle, or in this triangle, that is opposite of where the angle is. It is on the opposite side. And since it's opposite, we're going to call that sine. Now to actually find the numbers that we need, all we do is we're going to take the hypotenuse, the length of the hypotenuse, and multiply it by the cosine of the angle. So plugging this in, let's say in this example I have a hypotenuse of uh, 15. I'll plug that in and do 15 cosine of 50 degrees and 15 sine of 50 degrees. 
And I'll just go ahead and calculate those out, and I'll find out that in that direction, I'll get a number. In this direction, I get a number. Now, plugging these into the calculator is the probably one of the most important parts of doing vectors uh, and components. So please make sure that you can do these properly in your calculator. I get for the um, horizontal side, I get 9.64. And if I calculate out the um, vertical side, I get 11.49. So I've just broken up that original unit of 15 at 50 degrees into components of 9.64 horizontal and the 11.49 vertical. Anytime I have an angle, I'm going to break it up like this first and then add it in in the components. So here's some examples. Anytime I do vectors, I want to draw a picture. So I'm going to go 50 meters per second north and 30 meters per second south. Now when I add vectors together, I want to try and go tail to head. And what that means is this is a tail and up here we have the head. So I want to put them tail to head when I do more than one vector. So again if I go 50 meters north per second north and I go 30 meters per second south. Alright, what I'm going to do when I add those is, I can kind of think about that like walking upstairs. If I go up 50 and down 30, I have 50 plus negative 30 in meters per second gives me a total answer of 20 meters per second. And you can see that we go more north and south, so with a direction, because the vector is a vector quantity, I need to have a direction 20 meters per second north. Now let's see, if I go 50 meters per second north, and an additional 30 meters per second north, then I can see I just add those together, 50 plus 30, and I get 80 meters per second north. Now let's look at some with something a little bit more complicated. Let's say we're going 50 meters per second north. And we'll go 30 meters per second east. Well, again, going tail to head, I can see that I should end up going in that direction. But what is that value? It's not an 80, and it's not 20. In fact, what we have to do, again, is the Pythagorean theorem. And I just plug in the numbers, 50 squared plus 30 squared. And if I plug this into my calculator and take the square root, I will get that C equals 58.3. And since we have to have units, meters per second, and I can see that this is going in a northeast direction. Now we have some angles here. We have a northeastern vector going 50 meters per second, and it's 45 degrees. So I can plug that in right there. 
and this tells me that I need to do components. I need a horizontal component and a vertical component. Again, in this case, the horizontal is adjacent, so it will be 50 cosine 45 degrees. And on this side, I'll have 50 sine 45 degrees. And I'm going to find the components in this case. So if I plug this into the calculator, I'm going to get that the cosine side is 35.4 meters per second. And the sine side, actually, since it's 45 degrees, also comes out to 35.4 meters per second. I've solved for the components of the vector. All right, now for a northwestern vector. That's that direction. Again, I need to break this up into components. So I have a north component and I have a west component. And I have 33 degrees. So I'll plug that in. Since this is adjacent on the horizontal side, I'm going to have 30 times the cosine of 30 degree, 33 degrees. And on the opposite side, I'm going to have 30 times the sine at 33 degrees. And again, I want to plug these into my calculator. On the side with the sine angle, I get 16.3 meters per second. And on the sine with the cosine, on the horizontal side, I get 25.2 meters per second. Now we don't have the same answer on each side because we're no longer using 45 degrees. Now let's add one of those component angles in. We have the 30 meters per second at 33 degrees. And we just solve that. And we're going to add that to 50 meters per second east. I'm going to do this in a different color. 50 meters per second east will go off in this direction. So again, since I have an angle in there that's not at a right angle, I need to turn that into components. And we already know that we had 25.2 meters per second on the horizontal side. And on the vertical side, we had the 16 point, I think I rounded off to, to 4, it's 16.3 meters per second in the upward direction. Well, if I combine all of these, I'm going north at 16.3, west at 25.2, and I go east at 50. I can see here that I have a left and a right that I can add together. So if I do that, 50 plus negative 25.2, I'm going to get 24.8 in a horizontal, and I should be able to figure out that's in the eastern direction. But I still got that 16.3 in the northern direction. So this is going to be another a squared plus b squared. You can see me working on that now. 
if I a squared plus b squared and take the square root, I should get an answer of 29.7 meters per second. This is my answer right here. And we can see that it's going in a northeast direction. I would add that into my answer if I had room. All right, I'm going to draw this one for you, and then you're going to uh, complete it, and I will give you the answers that I got as I worked it out. So first of all, we have a 30 meters per second, 33 degrees northwest. And we're going to add that to a 50 meters per second at 45 degrees northeast. So you can go ahead and figure that out. Pause the podcast so you can do that. And you can check your answers. And this is what I got. First of all, the components on the 50 meters per second uh, vector come out to be 35.4 east and 35.4 north. For the northwestern vector, We've already solved that. We have 25.2 west and 16.3 north. Vector addition gives us 51.7 north and 10.2 east. Pythagorean theorem gives us 52.7 northeast. And actually it would be more north than east. Check your work. Make sure that you get these answers. Alright, now for a few examples of real problems. We have an airplane flying at 2.5 meters per second and still air and we have a headwind. Headwind goes in the opposite direction so if we draw the plane moving at 2.5 meters per second and draw the headwind at 0.5 meters per second using a little bit of vector addition we can see that we get 2.0 meters per second when we answer with the headwind question. Now we also have another part to this. Don't forget the tailwind part. In this case, we have the 2.5 in a forward direction and another 0.5 in a forward direction, which you should be able to see is a 3.0 meters per second for the second part of the question. Another example. We have a speed or stream flowing at 3 meters per second. Now, the kayaker is also paddling downstream at 1.5 meters per second. Downstream means in the direction of the current, which means that kayaker is actually going to move at 4.5 meters per second. Now, 
we have Susan rowing a boat. First thing I'm looking for right now is that the current is flowing south at three meters per second. You can deal with the other piece of information first if you like, but I like to deal with that one first. Now, she is rowing at four meters per second from west to east. So we need to find how fast she moves relative to the shore. Her component or her total vector forms this triangle and we can use Pythagorean theorem. Some of you already know a 3, 4, 5 triangle and you know that that's going to be 5.0 meters per second in a southeast direction. Now we have components. Let's do this one. We have a sled being pulled at 20 degrees above the horizontal at a force of 800 newtons. We've used meters per second a lot, but newtons works the same way. We're looking for components. Since, this is a, since the horizontal is adjacent to the angle, it will be 800 cosine 20 degrees. And since the vertical is opposite, it will be 800 sine 20 degrees. And we solve the answers. For the horizontal, I get 751. Actually, if you round it off, it's 752 newtons horizontally. And for the vertical pole, we have 274 newtons. Alright, we found the components. Same idea. Now we can solve this problem out. Now this time I see something a little different here. It says at an angle to the vertical. So I need to be careful when I draw this. This is vertical. This is 60 degrees to the vertical. force is 30 newtons and now the vertical is adjacent to the angle so it is the vertical now becomes 30 cosine 60 and the horizontal becomes 30 sine 60 remember it's adjacent and opposite not sine not sine always goes with vertical so we need to solve this out Cosine of 60 degrees times 30 gives me 15 newtons on the vertical side. And working on the sine or the horizontal side, we get approximately 26 newtons. I rounded it off a little bit. All right, now we're going to talk about centripetal motion really quickly. First of all, some equations. You have an equation for period and frequency. You can see that the two are reciprocals of each other. T stands for period. And of course, S stands for frequency. <coughs> so if you uh, have the frequency and need the period, you take one over the frequency and vice versa. Now, for, for angular speed, I guess we should say angular right here. You take 2 pi times the radius and divide it by the period. 
or you've got the equation in letter forms. Let's look at some examples here. We have the frequency, we want the period, and we know that the period is 1 over the frequency, 1 over 0.5 hertz. Hertz is the unit for frequency, it's 1 per second. Gives me a period of 1 over 0.5, which if you plug it into your calculator, comes out to be 2. And period, if we have hertz as a frequency, will be in seconds. Very simple example. Another example, now we have a scratch on a record at a distance and we know how many times the record skips each minute. Well that will tell me, that tells me how many times it goes around. That is the frequency. Alright, so the revolution is going to make 45 revolutions every 60 seconds, so we're going to find the period first. And I'm actually going to do it this way. I'm going to take 60 seconds and divide it by the 45 revolutions. And this will tell me the time for one revolution, the period. All right, if it goes around 45 times in 60 seconds, it should take 1.3 seconds to make a full turn. Now that we have the radius equals 12 centimeters and the time or the period is 1.3 seconds we can go ahead and use the equation that we've got plug the numbers in and solve for the speed 2 pi times the radius divided by the period and you just plug that into your calculator you should get 58 centimeters per second Alright, centripetal acceleration and force. Um, I only gave you the one example of the speed equation because it is a basic equation. Just plug them in. Uh, this one gets a little bit more complicated when you start getting into the details. But acceleration is the square of the linear speed, in other words, the normal speed, divided by the radius. And you have the equations over there. Acceleration should be meters per second squared when linear speed is in meters per second and radius would be in meters. We also have the equation here for centripetal force which is mass times centripetal acceleration. Plug it in and you've got yourself another equation. This should look familiar here, F equals MA. It's just like Newton's second law. Nothing new, now we're just using centripetal acceleration to give us centripetal force. I've got two examples for you. First one is the rotor ride at the state fair and you have a radius of four meters and you have how long it takes to make one full revolution. So we need to find the linear speed on the rotor. Well, and we also have to find the centripetal acceleration. So first of all, we know that it takes two seconds to make one full revolution so we know the period is two seconds and we have the radius is four meters. So if we s plug that into the equation we saw a couple slides ago, we're going to get a velocity of 13 meters per second. Now solve for 
question B, we need centripetal acceleration. We know now our V is 13 meters per second, and our radius again is still 4 meters, and we're trying to find the acceleration in the equation. It's written just like this. Plug the numbers in. And when you solve out for an answer, you're going to get the centripetal acceleration is 42 meters per second squared. One more example for you. You're trying to land a plane if your name's Captain Chip, and he must remain actually in a circle over the airport until he gets his chance to land. So let's look at what we have and what we need to find. Now I have kilograms, I have kilometers, and I have minutes. I need to check my units every time. I haven't really been doing that, but that's because I've already taken care of that. But we do need to convert the kilometers to meters in this case. 50 kilometers is the same as 5.00 times 10 to the fourth meters, or 50,000 meters. And then we change 30 minutes to seconds. We're going to get 1.80 times 10 to the third seconds, which is the same as 1,800 seconds. Now I can solve the problem. We have a time of 1.80 times 10 to the third second. We have a radius of 5.00 times 10 to the fourth meters. And all we have to do is find the velocity. I'll let you plug that in and verify that you get the answer of 175 meters per second. Now we do want to find the centripetal force in this problem as well. Well, our centripetal force is equal to mv squared over the radius. Again, I'll let you plug those numbers in and verify that you get the correct answer of 3.74, 3.71 times 10 to the fourth newtons. That's it for this podcast.